This is Julie D. from NordoniaHills.News. The Cleveland Sports Show starts now. Welcome back, everyone. Happy Friday here from the Cleveland Sports Show. We're back here at Nordonia High School. Tons to talk about today, especially with the NBA trade deadline um, coming to um, its due date. And uh, the Super Bowl uh, is this weekend, Super Bowl Sunday, coming up to you from Atlanta, Georgia. We have tons to discuss, but first, as always, we're going to get into soccer real quick. Uh, this week, I'm going to incorporate something a little new here in terms of the soccer standpoint. Um, I'm going to give you guys some of the upcoming matches that are associated in that league, um, some uh, primetime games you can see from those specific soccer leagues. So to get it started, we have Premier League. Liverpool has 61 points. They have a five-point gap um, between them and the second-place team, who are Manchester City. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur uh, still um, in the top race, 54 points, thanks to 18 wins, zero draws, and six losses. And Arsenal and Chelsea take the fourth and fifth place spots. Arsenal uh, with 47, Chelsea with 47 as well. Upcoming games in the Premier League for um, this weekend. Tomorrow, Tottenham Hotspur will take on Newcastle United. Um, Chelsea will take on Huddersfield. Crystal Palace and Fulham United will face off tomorrow. Leicester City will take on Manchester United. Um, it'll be on Monday. West Ham will be taking on Liverpool at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. La Liga in Spain. Um, Barcelona still holds atop the first seed um, with 49 points. Atletico Madrid, 44 points right behind them. And 39 points, it's Real Madrid with 12 wins, 3 draws, and 6 losses. And then Sevilla and Alaves take the 4th and 5th place positions. Notable matches for um, La Liga uh, include Levante and Getafe uh, facing it out tomorrow. Real Sociedad and Athletic Bilbao will um, face off tomorrow as well. Barcelona will host Valencia. Uh, Celta Vigo will play Sevilla, and Villarreal will take on Espanyol. In Serie A, Juventus still a comfortable double-digit um, margin between them and Napoli, who are the second-place team. Juventus has 59 points. They are still um, remaining without a loss on the season. They are 19-2 and in 21 games, 19 wins and 2 draws. Napoli have 15 wins, 3 draws, and 3 losses. Inter Milan and Milan, AC Milan that is, are take the three and fourth stop, uh, spots. Inter Milan with 40 points, and then Milan with 35 points. Roma and Sampdoria take the fifth and sixth spots. Tomorrow in uh, Serie A, Napoli will be taking on Sampdoria. Juventus and Parma will be going at it. Um, Genoa and Sassuolo. Um, Udinese and Fiorentina, um, Inter Milan and Bologna, and another key matchup this upcoming Sunday, uh, Roma will host uh, AC Milan. In Liga 1 in France, um, PSG still with a comfortable, um, similar to Juventus, PSG with a comfortable margin, 56 points, 13 points ahead of the second place LOSC. 18 wins and two draws. Uh, excuse me. 18 wins and two draws on the season. 
no losses still. Third place behind them, Lyon, with 11 wins, 7 draws, and 4 losses for a combined 40 points this upcoming weekend, um, include um, Nimes and Montpierre. Lyon will try to win Sunday, and uh, LOSC and the team from Nice, France, will be competing. And we're going all the way back to 1898. On this day, February 1st in 1898, who would eventually be renamed the Chicago Cubs, the recent World Series champions, they released player manager Cap Anson. Um, Anson was a player, primarily a first baseman with the club since 1876, um, and a player manager in 1879 is what he became. Uh, the Chicago Colts won six National League pennants with Anson as a player and then won five uh, when he was hired as a manager, but none since 1886. The Colts were 59 and 73 in 1897, amid considerable um, acrimony between Anson and team president James Hart. In a- Anson's absence, the Colts will attain, or uh, excuse me, the Colts would attain um, the unofficial nickname Orphans in the press for several seasons, um, beginning in 1899, 1898, until the Cubs um, nickname caught on fire in 1903, and the Cubs would eventually. Um, be the name that stuck with the Chicago baseball franchise. So, interesting fact for the day. Um, these facts really do go a very long uh, time ago, all the way back in ni- um, excuse me, 1898. I'm really looking forward to next week's fact coming up next week. Now, there's really been a lot about the um, ongoing consistent pressure from Anthony Davis really getting wanting to get out of the New Orleans Pelicans. You know, I've heard on ESPN multiple times um, that New Orleans is really, it pretty much is desperate to keep him, and they're going to be very firm and up, upright about it. Um, in this case, Anthony Davis, if he is not traded by the deadline, which honestly will most likely not happen, he has the possibility to earn as much as $300 million if he resigns with the New Orleans Pelicans. That's a six-year, $300 million contract. Now, if Anthony Davis were to sign this contract, he would be the first player ever in the history of the NBA to be earning um, $300 million. Uh, right now, Russell Westbrook is earning $217 million with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Stephen Curry just signed an extension for $200 million with the Warriors. Um, but I honestly, my eyes really just... I was mind-boggling. My eyes, you know, opened um, like a child opening his presents on Christmas Day. It was just that surprising. I mean, $300 million. Just think of that. You know, LeBron is getting paid $154 million in um, in uh, four years for the Lakers. Anthony Davis is almost getting double that amount, a little less than double that amount. Have any of that passion in him anymore. I would assume, you know, the the best move is most likely either going to be the Lakers to go to a team for the East. The Knicks, we're going to talk about them and their deal with the Mavericks here and and Kristaps Porzingis, which may have been um, for wanting to go to New York. Also been um, a team who have been thrown in there in terms of Anthony Davis trade rumors. Honestly, if the Celtics are able to keep and Kyrie, the Celtics really pretty much dominate Eastern Conference. I know we said they have they should have dominated the Eastern Conference this year didn't have the start they wanted. Um, but if you add Anthony Davis to the mix of that, the East is really just belongs to the Celtics. They could beat the Raptors with Kawhi any day of the week. Most likely, 
I see Anthony Davis heading to Los Angeles this summer, this this uh, upcoming Thursday, February 7th. Please uh, feel free to tweet at me at Nordonia Sports. Uh, Daria Sethna, what do you think are some of the trades that some teams should make? Um, what trades are you looking forward to the most that you think should happen? Um, what do you think will happen with Anthony Davis? Let me know. Now, we're going to get to the Cavs here, who have had a magnificent week, to say the least. I have felt like I have not sent that since LeBron was here. Oh, wait, guess what? This is the first time I'm saying the Cavs have had a great week this whole season. Very close game throughout. Um, the Bulls were up by two at halftime, um, and then the Cavs were able to take a 28-26 to 26, um, point advantage in the third quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, outscored the Bulls by three. Jetty Osman in that game had 17 points. Alec Burks and Jordan Clarkson, who are my players of the week this week. Jordan Clarkson is continuing to show you know, why he deserves to be on a better team in this league. And then Alec Burks, who I just, has, he's been aggressive. He's really gone out of his way. And this is the Alec Burks that I've expected to see um, ever since he was traded to the Cavs. He had 18 points in that Chicago game. Um, along with eight rebounds and two assists. Additional past Tuesday, um, eventually had about a 23-25 point lead on them, a 44-28 point quarter in favor of the Washington Wizards. Um, however, the Cavs were able to hold on at the very last minute and win by one possession, a 113-116 victory. As if, honestly, although it is a win for the Cavs in this past Tuesday, two in a row now, that was a very disappointing way to end the game in that fashion. Just giving up that many points, um, you know, just consistently, that that nervousness, the commentators on Fox Sports Ohio were um, talking about it as well. Just the lack of confidence that the Cavaliers really had to close out that game, especially against a Wizards team who blew out the Pacers this past Wednesday. So we know these Wizards have have a quality team. To really show that kind of performance in the last few minute of the game um very very disappointing for the Cavs but nonetheless a win is a win and the Cavs looking to continue that win streak this upcoming Saturday where the newly formed Mavericks with um Kristaps Porzingis will come to the queue this um tomorrow at 730 not 100% sure if Tim Hardaway um Kristaps Porzingis and all those guys will be playing but I do know for sure that um, Luka Doncic, who most likely will win Rookie of the Year, uh, really is um, pretty obvious here now. Luka Doncic, the most likely Rookie of the Year, will be at the queue tomorrow to take on the Cavs. The Cavs then um, will be hosting the Boston Celtics. I will be attending that game. Going to be a great one. Kyrie hopefully making his return first return to the queue since October 17, 2017. That was when Gordon Hayward you know, experienced that horrific injury um, that truly really changed the whole outlook of the Celtics season. Um, so that they will have that game. And then next Friday, the Cavaliers will be in Washington, D.C. to have a rematch with the Wizards. And then the very next day, um, it is on to Indianapolis for a matchup with the Pacers. If you remember Larry Nance's infamous buzzer-beating um, putback for the Cavs to win that game. 92-91. to 91. Huge victory for the Cavs. So, Cavs looking to really sustain most of the momentum here. Especially Kevin Love is a lot closer to getting back. I just put on my Twitter page of um, Larry Drew really discussing 
the most Kevin Love's most recent injury update. So definitely in the Cavs, a lot of great things to look forward to. Obviously not making the playoffs, but when healthy, I definitely think this is a strong team. Not as strong as with LeBron, of course, but this is a team that I definitely can think can make noise. I obviously am in a great mood because the Cavaliers are winning, and hopefully they can continue that winning streak tomorrow, especially with two more road game, excuse me, two more home games coming up at the queue. Now, yesterday, a huge, huge trade involving the New York Knicks and the Dallas Mavericks occurred. The Dallas Mavericks acquired Kristaps Porzingis and three other players from the New York Knicks. Um, now, the Mavericks traded away Dennis Smith Jr., um, Wesley Matthews, DeAndre Jordan, and two future first-round picks. The Knicks trip will trade away um, Courtney Lee, Tim Hardaway Jr., Kristaps Porzingis, and point guard Trey Burke. Uh, all those individuals will go to the Dallas Mavericks. Now, how does this affect each team? Well, the Mavericks honestly won this trade, um, to be honest here. You have Luka Doncic. You have a European sensation going on in Dallas right now. You have the phenomenal scoring of Luka Doncic, plus what Chris, we know what Kristaps Porzingis can do. Um, this is a guy who really we thought would be the face of the franchise for the New York Knicks. However, with this trade, it really is just going to help impact the Dallas Mavericks a lot more. Um, he is injured right now, so he's most likely not going to play against the Cavs tomorrow. Uh, but, you know, from his career, he's averaged about, you know, 23 points. He was averaging the most points uh, of his of his career last year. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr., I definitely think, is a solid player. We saw what he was able to, we saw what he was able to do in Atlanta and now moving it, um, to his hometown in New York City. And, um, also, you know, Tim Hardaway as well. Averaging about 20 points per game. Those are two extremely solid players, um, for the New York Knicks now moving on to Dallas. And then, of course, Courtney Lee, who is a prolific three point shooter. Not the best, but, it definitely is an upgrade for the Dallas Mavericks. And you add that alongside Harrison Barnes. You, you know, add that alongside J.J. Barea and what those guys can do. I definitely think Rick Carlisle has a solid team now that really have a chance to make the playoffs. Definitely not probably gonna, not going to be top four, but definitely a sixth, seventh, or eighth seed for the playoffs. Now, for the New York Knicks, uh, Max Kellerman said this on ESPN today. He's almost like he's Maxzilla because he's extremely frustrated and angry and um, stomping on the streets of New York City in anger because of this trade. And I'm honestly going to have to go with um, what he was talking about today. This really is a trade that doesn't make any sense for me if I'm a Nick fan. Yes, I'm getting uh, Mr. Lob City himself and DeAndre Jordan, but, you know, Kristaps Porzingis really was the future of the New York Knicks. I've said that multiple times now. And I really just didn't see the, the logic in trading him. Um, you're really doing the Mavericks a favor with this trade. Dennis Fitch Jr. is great. I really like him. Um, but, you know, I, Wesley Matthews is a nice role player. However, I just don't think that this Knicks team is going to be solid anymore because they don't have a player that they can really rely on to get consistent quality uh, minutes. You know, Dennis Smith Jr. is only in his second year. DeAndre Jordan is not, you know, a prolific scorer that we know. 
So I'm really, I really don't know what to expect from this Knicks team. This really is not the step in the direction that I was, I was expecting from them. I was expecting them to um, build the team around Kristaps Porzingis. But since Kristaps Porzingis isn't there anymore, it's most likely going to have to be DeAndre Jordan who's going to get that knack for the responsibility of the Knicks, given that he's an all-star and, you know, an old enough player now um, to realize what is around him. And speaking of um, all-star caliber players, LeBron James finally made his um, Laker uh, reappearance last night um, in an overtime win. At a, technically, it was an away game against the Clippers, but it was right at home at Staples Center. He put in 24 points, 9 of 22 from the field, 1 of 6 from 3-point range, 14 points, 9 assists, almost a triple-double in his first game back as a Laker. Um, in an overtime win, 123-120 to victory for the Los Angeles Lakers. Now they are sitting at 27-25, and um, sitting ninth in the Western Conference right now. The next game for the Lakers is a huge one, NBA Saturday prime time. In Oakland, California, for the um, this upcoming weekend, for the Los Angeles Lakers and the Golden State Warriors. Remember, it was on Christmas Day that LeBron injured his um, groin area um, and suffered that injury in Oakland against the Warriors. The next up, upcoming games from the Lakers include I I did mention their game in Oakland, and then they'll be taking the same day that I go to see the Cavs Celtics game. They'll be in Indianapolis taking on the Indiana Pacers and then um, head out to Boston, Philadelphia, and Atlanta before returning home against the um, Houston Rockets. So a huge East Coast road trip coming up for the Lakers. What will they be able to do, especially now that LeBron's back? I definitely think they have winnable games against Los Angeles. I definitely think that they will have winnable games against Indiana and Atlanta for sure. The game against the Celtics, given the fact that it's in Boston, I'm not too entirely sure. And then you can never count out the Philadelphia 76ers, who I was talking about last week and had a sensational win this um, or last night with a 113-104 to victory over the Golden State Warriors. Not only was it against the Warriors, it was in Oakland at the Oracle. Huge confidence booster for the Philadelphia 76ers. The Warriors finally, finally, finally get their first loss of the season um, with all their five All-Stars starting. So if I'm a Cavs fan or an NBA fan in general, that's something that really excites me. Um, Joel Embiid, J.J. Redick had a huge night uh, last night. And speaking of J.J. Redick, 15 points, all of those, um, excuse me, 5 of 12 from the field, Four of those five field goals were three-point um, three field goals. And last but certainly not least, the NFL season will be coming to its conclusion this Sunday at 6.30 p.m. where the New England Patriots will be taking on the Los Angeles Rams in Atlanta at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It will be Maroon 5 um, will be performing the halftime show. So the New England Patriots and Los Angeles Rams will be battling for the Super Bowl title. Kickoff for that game is at 6.30 p.m. Tom Brady and the New England Patriots looking for redemption after that um, loss to the Philadelphia Eagles last year. The Los Angeles Rams looking for their first ever Super Bowl victory and a first ever NFL title for the city of Los Angeles. 
So not only do we have the Lakers who are back and running with LeBron, Los Angeles Rams also with um, a chance for an NFL championship. So definitely if I'm living in Los Angeles now in terms of sports, I'm pretty happy with what's going on, not going to lie. And that concludes our show for today. If you'd like to see any of my other work, please check out my Twitter account, at Nordonia Sports. I'm Darius Sethna. We have um action-packed show for you guys next week. Hopefully Andrew will be back. We'll be here to wrap up the NFL season. We'll be here to analyze the trade deadline for you guys and, of course, talk about the Cavs as well. So stick with us. Uh, have a great weekend, everyone. Make sure to check out not only the Super Bowl, but Lakers and Warriors Saturday primetime tomorrow night at 8.30 p.m. Definitely going to be a great one out there in Oakland. Have a terrific night, everyone. We'll be back with you next Friday. Thank you.